Welcome back to the Working Faith Podcast, where we take a spiritual approach to career success. I'm your host, Jalen Isley, and today we're talking about teamwork and collaboration. I am so excited to introduce a personal friend of mine, Ted Bogert. Ted has been a working professional for over 30 years, helping and assisting professionals and business owners and families find efficient ways to utilize their resources and protect their assets in the insurance, mortgage, and real estate industries. In 2017, Ted launched the eponymous Facebook Live program, The Ted Show, where community leaders, innovators, influencers, motivators, philanthropists, and creators have all shared their stories with the world. Ted's belief in giving back to our community has him involved in so many wonderful organizations like the Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals, LGBTQ Plus Real Estate Alliance, Harbor House, the Lifeboat Project, One Heart for Women and Children, and the Base Camp Children's Cancer Foundation. So Ted, we're so honored to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And boy, that sounded like I actually done some work in my life um, listening <laughs> to that bio. <laughs> I'm honored to be. It's an amazing bio, and I'm 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 honored to have you on the show as well. Thanks. So Thanks. exciting. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Thank I love you. That. I love the title. I love everything about the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be bringing this project to the world. You know, I've been in operation since December now. So we're getting into a nice rhythm with this podcast. And if there's anyone listening for the first time, this show is all about leveraging the spiritual principles of our faith to positively impact the workplace and grow our careers. So with that in mind, Ted, let's start by talking about your own faith journey. We know you identify as Christian. What are some of the core principles of your faith that resonate with you? So I love, I love Christian. I'm not a religious person, but I love Christian. So I do uh, all that I can humanly to be as Christ-like, which we are instructed to be many times biblically which doesn't always resonate with the rest of religious communities, but I just feel like if I follow Christ, then I am doing what I need to be doing here on earth. Uh, I think that it's very important for me to think about, and I do every time I make a decision or if I get one of those humanly judgment kind of things that we all do, I always go back and try to think, you know, what would Jesus think? What would Jesus do? Is there anything scriptural in this? I just believe with my heart that Jesus is love. It's a love that he resonates. And there are so many things that he commands us to do that are loving. And uh, so I, I follow that. I do my best as a human being to follow that. So I'd say that that's what I bring to work as well. And I know we might talk about that later, but that's how I address people. That's why I'm involved in many different kinds of organizations. Uh, that's why I'm comfortable in any group that exhibits love and professes love and actually demonstrates it. So uh, that's why you see on my, the philanthropies I'm involved with, it's all over the spectrum. Hmm. Yeah. I think that all of the gurus or leaders in terms of spirituality or even business, you know, they can all attest to the fact that when you do something from a place of love, that is where the magic happens. That's where the impact happens. So I agree wholeheartedly. Like if we, if we did nothing else, but just lead from a place of love, this world would be an amazing place. Yeah. There's so. a lot of vitriol out there. There's a lot of just stuff that people profess to be 
loving inside a building and then are incredibly hateful outside mm. of that building. Uh, so I, I am very much about professing the love and trying to live that, live that mantra. I'm not perfect at it at all. Right. You're gonna, anybody who's been around me, I have my moments like we all do. But the, at the core of what I do and what I believe is a, an acceptance and a love. And I just try to follow the things that I believe uh, Christ would do. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Keep it simple. It's always the simple things that make the biggest Amen. difference. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, you know, we're, we're talking about being in the workplace, love in the workplace. Woof. Tell me, you know, like, what does that look like? We're talking about teamwork today. Talk to me about how love influences your approach to teamwork. You know, it's not an easy thing to do, even after all of these years, because everybody comes from such a different place. They have baggage and beliefs and boundaries and ideas and ideals that they bring to the workplace. And whether we believe it or not, uh, it infiltrates the workplace. Uh, you may think that you don't bring what you believe to the workplace, but you really do in how you treat people and how you act with a client and how you act with a teammate. Uh, and God bless you. And I think that um, it is every everything that we do on a daily basis, the communication in our emails, our body language, our uh, whether we talk about other, other staff members in a positive or negative light, uh, how we approach somebody who is different than we are. Maybe they have a different work ethic or they have a different way of approaching things. And I think that for me, what I do is I, I lead with love. This is going to be the theme, I guess, today. But I lead with love. I think in my mind, all right, they're a human being and I'm going to love them until they prove me otherwise that that is not where I need to lead from. And I'm still going to love them. But I go into it when I'm working with a team or my team or any team I'm consulting with, I go into it with the expectation and the belief and the prayer beforehand that this is going to be a loving, positive relationship. And I'm going to do all I can to meet them where they need to be met. That is not as easy as it sounds. Uh, I have days where I'm exhausted and tired and I don't want to do it. I have beliefs I bring to the table just like everybody else. But if you constantly work at meeting people where they are, understanding that you don't know what everyone's going through. You don't know what they went through before. You don't know what they're carrying on their backs right now and finding some sort of common ground. It tends to make the collaborative process much easier, or at least it makes it deeper. And then you begin to figure out ways that you can work together toward the common goal, whatever that might be. Yeah. Have you heard, do you know the book 10% Happier? I, yes, think his name is Dan. I have not read it. Yeah. I've heard all about it. I've read snippets of it. Yeah, I read the, the the book is a lot of fun, but the podcast, the 10% Happier podcast is actually pretty interesting as well. And the reason why I bring that up is because I was listening to one of the earlier episodes and Dan goes on to say something to the effect of love essentially means taking the time to give a shit. <laughs> you know, I exactly it. right. That is, you know, if we were to just boil it down to the, the the most simple definition, because love can mean a lot of things to different people, but at least, you know, in the workplace, one comfortable, safe definition we can hold on to is taking the time to care about the person you're working with. And not to get them to give a shit back. People leave mm. this expectation of, all right, mm. I'm going to care about you so you can care about me and I can get out of you what I need out of you. 
you mm. could just give a shit and then you can there is there is so much power in that having no expectation of anything coming back to you mm. um i think we lead with it a lot of times because we have an anticipation that that's going to how it's going to mitigate the situation we don't really want to mitigate in collaboration you want to find a common ground in collaboration so yes i love what you said I uh, love what uh, 10, 10% is it? 10% happier. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Already, this is old age. Um, but I feel like that is so important. People do show it. You'll see somebody, you know, that happy go lucky person that comes in and asks you how you're doing and what's up. And the minute that you don't respond in a way that they want, man, they've cut you off. They've gone and talked to you about, talked to you about uh, three other your co-works and said, what's that cranky person like? I can't stand them. We really have to lead with, caring and giving a shit. And I promise you that you will get it back a hundredfold. I know you will. Yeah. Not be from person, but you're going to get it from a collaborative perspective from your team. Yeah. And back to what you said earlier, following what Jesus would do, Jesus didn't love with the expectation of getting it back. In fact, he knew most of the times he would not <laughs> get the love that he was extending back to him, at least not the physical form. So, and we have to remember that Jesus was fully God and fully human. That's my belief anyway. And mm -hmm. so those human things that he experienced like rejection, they were painful to him. They were hurtful. And he went into it with the purest human that ever lived, but still a human and a feeling. And I just think that's very important. There are times when I meet someone and the hair on the back of my neck stands up. And I don't know why, but I still do go into it with love. And many times I've been proven wrong. Many times it's like, if I continue to lead with love, then that love comes out. And a lot of times the people on the other side, they don't know how to love. They don't know how to respond with love. They've never been responded to with love. And so it's, mm. it's something that they're not familiar with. And so you, we have to teach them, we have to show them. Yeah. And in doing so, I just want to make sure I'm, you know, kind of connecting the dots here by leading with that love when you're interacting in a teamwork or a collaborative environment that then lays the foundation for you all to work together effectively. Is that what That's I, how I have done it and learned how to do it for many years? Hmm. It is not the easiest leadership role to take or even a team. I've seen I've been on teams where I'm not the leader. But someone has to set the foundation. If you are either working on a project together, you don't have to be the quote unquote leader to be the leader from a ministry, from a faith base, from a collaborative love perspective. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think that makes so much sense. And it also empowers the people on the team. You know, like you're right. You don't have to be the leader to, to contribute to that foundation. You're the leader of yourself. You know what? <laughs> you want to experience. And so you're contributing to that foundation that way in order for you to be effective. Agreed. I agree. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we're on the same page, Ted. See, we I'm glad we're on the <laughs> I knew we would be. <laughs> <laughs> so can you share like a concrete example of teamwork in which you had to rely on either love or some other spiritual principle to guide your behavior? Sure. God, I can think of a whole bunch that my mind flooded. I have been recently, recent past, not right now, but recently in a business relationship where I felt like my faith was tested 24 seven. Have we all been there? Amen. Right. It's, it can be, and I had to rely on my faith and I had to rely on the things that I just shared with you 
or I probably would have committed, I would be in jail now. No, I'm joking. But I, I feel <laughs> like I had to constantly be in check. I had to constantly be in my faith, in my tenets, in what I believed in order to continue to move forward on a project that we worked on that had a common goal, but we were the complete opposites of how to get it done. So it was a lot. I had to go into core. I prayed before every email, every meeting, every interaction, every networking event, everything that we did together. I prayed over first. I prayed during it silently in my own little mind. And because <laughs> that kept me focused on what was important, that kept me focused on the love and the what would Jesus think and do and how how I want this to work. And I kept asking, believe me, I asked, I'm like, Lord, if this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, please take me away from here. And then please pass this cup from me. (laughs) I'm like, take it away. Uh, But that did not occur. So I knew I had to buckle up, buckle down and figure out how to get deep. And I read a lot more. I studied the Bible a lot more. I prayed with other people a lot more. I started a prayer group on Facebook. This was all for me. I'm going to tell you right now to start with just to keep me. Okay, let's give Ted some. But you have to dig deep in those situations. And when the answer finally came that it was time, we had met the goal and it was time for me to move along. I mean, I got down on my knees for that one for sure. Um, And thank God. But that is that I would have not made it through that if I had not leaned in deeply to my beliefs. Interesting. In Islam, you know, they have that practice of praying at minimum five times a day. And even though I don't necessarily, you know, agree with or, or adhere to, you know, all of the the tenets or the structure of that particular um, faith community, you know, the concept, just the, the ongoing practice of prayer has made such a difference. And I learned that from my from my Muslim colleagues, you know, like they were praying on a regular basis all throughout the workday. And it's just something that never really occurred to me, you know, for whatever reason, a few years back. I bet, Jalen, I bet you do. But will the way that we look at prayer, I look at it as a conversation with God. So the way that we look at prayer, we look at it as this and this, and uh, you can't see me. So pray, hands prayer, uh, <laughs> bowing your head, I'm on a podcast. And I think that we actually do pray more often during the day. I talk to God, I say stuff, but I talk just like you and I are, are talking. And to me, that's prayer. You're talking, the relationship for me, there's a relationship with him as a father. That's what it is. It's agape love, I believe is what they call it. And so if you look at it that way, then you're in a constant prayer if you are talking to God more than once a day. Now, I have my regular prayers and my whole little thing that I do, and I do it in the morning, I do it in the evening, but all day long, I'm praying. And when I say I'm praying, I'm talking to God. I'm not stopping Mm -hmm, everything I'm mm -hmm. doing. I'm not doing anything ritualistic. I'm literally having a conversation just as if he was sitting right next to me or right next to me. And so I, I, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in, oh my God, it's gotta be the perfect prayer. But in reality, what he really wants, I believe my tenant is that he wants, (laughs) he wants you to have a conversation with him. He wants to be part of your everyday 
life. And in order to do that, you should treat him just like a loving member of your family, or if you're not a family person, a loving friend. Uh, and that has changed my life too. That has been very um, eye-opening for me and um, impactful. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Like it's the ongoing conversation. And, and just to be clear, you know, my my Muslim brothers and sisters, like we were on Pepsi trucks and driving, so they weren't able to do like the full ritual type of deal. But they did make a point, you know, to constantly engage with that. And and to me, it's just what what made me think of it is when you said, you know, at least in this particular project, like you were you were intent about praying you know all throughout and for me that's the that's the kicker there the intention the intent to Agreed. be in that to maintain that conversation with god from the small things to you know what the team is going to order for lunch to the big things you know and how we're going to close the project like keep it going keep that conversation going there yes. agreed and that's what i do i agree i do yeah and sometimes I'm like, I'm whiny. I mean, some listen, I have conversations <laughs> like I would have to my best friend whining about something. I'll have, the, you know, the angry ones. I mean, we're fully human. We're human. So that, right. I want to talk to my, my, the person I trust the most, the one who I know was taking care of me and always has. For me, that is just uh, not what I grew up doing, but that's something that I've uh, been blessed to learn over time. Yeah, no, I think that is spot on and it makes all the difference, even if it's just a vent session, like what you say, like sometimes you're whining, even if it's just a vent, <laughs> God's the birth. And I usually go, I'm sorry I whined, you know, but, you know, it's just <laughs> talking like I'm talking to you. That's really how uh, I engage. Agree, agree wholeheartedly. Oh, that's so great. That's great. So with that in mind, you know, we're coming to a close here, but, you know, everyone can do a better job at teamwork. So if you were to give any bit of advice to our listeners as they gear up for the upcoming work week, like what's one spiritual principle or concept you think we could all employ in terms of improving teamwork? My favorite, I get asked this question a lot, my favorite thing to respond, and I know people aren't going to want to hear it, but biblically listening, listening because, you know, we talk about the power of the tongue and holding the tongue and the things that the tongue does. We talk about patience a lot scripturally. So listening is the number one thing that we don't do that we need to do better. And if we mm. do, it, we have to do it kind of going back to what we talked about earlier. You have to do it and listen intently without formulating your own words, getting ready to get out of there. You have to listen to what the person says listen to the tone, listen to where they're coming from. Don't worry about what you're going to say next. It isn't an argument. It's teamwork. Sometimes we miss the boat because we are so concerned about what our opinion is. And we think we have the answer. And it's all about me looking good in the group meeting or me looking good in the team. And in reality, we're doing a disservice to everybody on the team, including ourselves. And it makes it more difficult to reach the common goal, whatever you're working towards. So listening, you can scripture, Google it, listen scripture, and you're going to get a whole bunch of them. Uh, and mm. I, I would encourage you all to do that because the, the Bible has a lot to say about listening, speaking, the power of the tongue, the power of patience and listening is patience. Uh, listening to the heart of uh, your best friend, the people you, your family, there's a lot of good stuff in the Bible about that. And so I would encourage people to listen, actually actively listen. 
You heard it, everyone. That's the goal, at least for next week. Just give it a chance. Just try to listen next week and see where that takes you in your career. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. And thank you all for listening to Working Faith. All the show notes, information about our guest, Ted, and link to submit your career questions can be found on the website, workingfaith.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and share this show with others. And if you're interested in career coaching, you can visit workingfaith.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, and we can together rely on the tenets of our faith to accelerate your career goals. So thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with more tips on how you can take a spiritual approach to career success and work your faith. Good day.